0: Dun 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 Ha ha Good evening listeners I am somewhat excited about Harry Potter but also keen not to be sued, so not using a sandbite. Sandbite? Sound bite, <laughs> Sound bite? <travailler> Good evening Ben, how are you? <laughs> I'm alright buddy, how are you? I'm um, very well, thank you. Welcome to the Drop Pod Listers. We thunder forth towards another world that needs the Emperor's light and a little bit of chaos. Uh, so, as usual, we are on the hobby desk. We've got uh, some nerdly stuff has started happening. Um, a big demony prince, and Ben's painted some stuff as well. I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> into the galaxy of war, there are heroes abound and mighty tales to talk of this evening before we head then into the mortal realms where there are snake women oh my flipping days <laughs> um <laughs> and even some Aquarian stuff uh into the community warhammer oh, first tickets have arrived uh, lots of excitement about that as ever um and then into the wilds where there might just be something magical <laughs> <laughs> I'm buzzing, Ben, I'm buzzing. <laughs> so, <laughs> guys, you know what to do. Grab some refreshments and meet us on the Hobby Desk.
1: <laughs> well, welcome back to um, a Hobby Desk on episode 18. Um, not quite such a mental Hobby Desk this time. Um, more structured, I think. Less random stuff.
0: Um. Structured implies we have a plan.
1: Yeah. Well, do you know one of the things that we do do, Dan? We make an awful lot of plans and then don't do any of it. Yeah, I think you're better than me. You say that, but we had that whole tale of many gamers thing for the first couple of episodes and that was dire.
0: <laughs> yeah, but to be fair, I sort of didn't ever start. It's true. <laughs> and I don't, so it's hard for you to keep up the momentum. Yeah, You're doing better with the Malign Portents I've painted one model yeah. Which to be fair is 100% and Actually it's an infinite Improvement on my previous effort
1: Yeah uh, Why you started on a demon prince When you had the Malign Portents box to do Well Would-
0: what happened was uh-huh. I Tried to pick up and paint Something green and what actually Happened is I picked up my corn demon prince and Sprayed him red <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah. No helping you, is it? But he's cool. <laughs> he is cool.
1: He is cool. Uh, to be honest, though, I've never liked it as much as I liked um, the, the metal Nurgle demon prints.
0: Oh, that model's excellent.
1: It's absolutely ace. I painted that for the store. Um, it was one of the first couple of models I painted for the store, actually. Probably a lot nicer in resin because it, it'd be a lot lighter and easier to work with, I think, but... I really enjoy it. Yeah, the painting.
0: only problem with it is, like, when you painted it it, sort of, it, it sort of diseases and burns away your brushes, so you've got to get new brushes. Because <laughs> it's, like, hideous. <laughs> that's the level of jokes this evening. Yes.
1: Yeah. I think the only problem with him is that he's quite 40k, isn't
0: he? As a demon prince. Oh, yeah, that one is, yeah. But that's that's all right. I can cope with that. Thing is, I never really... I wasn't at that actually that keen on the plastic one, but having built and painted one... I'm quite enjoying him. Yeah. And um, I built him a base yesterday with a load of cork and stuff. So I've made him about an inch higher because since he came out, so much massive stuff has come out that I don't think he would have the presence on the table if he was just on his base normal. Yeah. Yeah. So I've I've lifted him up a bit, which is quite cool. Or I think it's quite cool. Um, He's got got the best set of teeth ever. He's got like his whole lower face is just teeth. (laughs) so just give him a toffee that'll stop him (laughs) (laughs) so but he's he's a good way along um I've got the metal work to do on him the pinions on the wings and I'm gonna do a little bit of well a little bit of weathering and and the blood stuff on him and actually do the whole thing with him and I've as I said I've done the Nurgle guy which I did put some pictures up of i Thoroughly enjoyed doing a Nurgle dude. Got to try and drag out of my memory exactly what I did on him so I can do some more. But uh, Did, did yeah. you not write it down? Because <clears throat> we did speak about this last week and you said, oh, yeah, I need to
1: start a painting book again.
0: Yeah, but then I thought, well, I don't need to write it down. I'll just go back and listen to the Hobby Desk in the last episode. Uh-huh. So that's fine. It's all good. <laughs> but I don't know. You see, I don't know if I'm going to end up building when I'm going to get round to the other plague, because I've sort of decided this week that I want to focus on stuff that I've got that's built or part built and get that finished. Uh Uh-huh. So those plague bearers aren't built yet, so they're not, like, in that... Well, it was
1: nice nice having you along for the conversation about malign portents, Dan. (laughs) (laughs) It's
0: nice getting excited about it with you, but... uh, Yeah. So come on, then, Mr. Malign Portents, because you've actually been... Working along, building up your force. So you've been doing some. <laughs> I've been, oryx. I've been trying. I've been trying. See, I'm a bit. You're very trying at times. I, I'm a bit,
1: I'm a bit daft when it comes to painting. I mean, I could have done my oryx in, in 48 hours if I'd have done them with like a metal colored armor or something, you know, something easy. But no, I decided to do them white. So it's taken me bloody ages, but there we go.
0: Yeah, but they look good.
1: I, well. They're at a tipping point at the moment. I think, I think they look all right. I think there's a lot
0: of work to do, um, but yeah, I think. But you were also used them as a chance to push yourself with your airbrush, didn't you? Because that's what you were saying last week. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah.
1: They were. So I think there's part of um, the, the white armour looking at them now as I'm painting them, which I didn't do as well as the as the first two test models. Um, I've o- hmm. oversprayed the brightest colour and um, not left enough of the darker stuff in the lower half of the model. Cause I, cause yeah. I zenith them. So yeah, there's, there's things I could have done better with them. Um, but I've got plenty more orcs to do. So, um, but yeah, so I'm doing the Gore Grunters, the, the 10 hard boys and, um, the War Chanter. They're base coated and washed. And actually a lot of the red it has been done because I needed to do that before I washed them. And now I'll be bringing the colors back up again. Um, uh-huh. pin washing the white. But I think they're coming on alright. I was kind of hopeful at the start of the week that they might be finished for the weekend to enter into the competition. And then uh Games Workshop Plymouth announced the uh the three entries on Monday and I was like, Oh missed that boat then <laughs> Um So I took my foot off the gas a little bit. But that's fine.
0: I've got a little bit distracted away from my Blood Bowl team as well because I wasn't able to to join you on the Tuesday night. No. Extravaganza this last Tuesday. So they haven't moved along. But in awesome, um, news. I don't know why that took me so long to think of that as a word. Relationship news. That's what I was meant to say. I got those goblins, man. Yeah. <laughs> I got the goblins. And, and we spent time together. We went and saw the greatest showman, which was fantastic. And, um, I will, I will honour our listeners by not singing little renditions of it here, but it was excellent. Yeah? Yeah, really very good. Are we going to turn but this into not... a film review segment? <laughs> <because> I... <laughs> film review, yeah. <laughs> I went
1: to see The Shape of Water.
0: Did you? Yeah, I did, yeah,
1: with Joe. Um, it was a bit like a, a modern day Beauty and the Beast with a load of sci-fi kicked in.
0: So, Well, at cool. least that's a little bit kind of closer in that it's got some sci-fi.
1: Yeah. Yeah,
0: but more importantly, dude, I got the goblins. So I got four goblins. I haven't opened them or built them yet. I want to get the team painted first. Yeah, yeah. And then I'll do the goblins.
1: Yeah, I, st- I don't know what I'm going to do with regards to the teams because I've restrained myself and not bought the Orlocks for the weekend. That's a gang. I know um, because I didn't need three Necromunda gangs to be painted. Um, I'm, no. I'm not, I'm not going to paint another, uh, buy another Necromunda gang until painted the other two. But I don't know whether to finish this box set of Aurochs and then do a gang and then go back to the next box set of Aurochs. I think I might do the malign portents thing, so I might try and get all the malign portents options done and then move on. I don't know. Cause I got the, um, I got the harbinger. I forget his name. Snot blanket fungus hat or whatever he's called. <laughs> yeah
0: mushroom (laughs) head stink money we might as well get our names spot
1: on Um, yeah I got him oh dude his model is so nice it's so nice it's becoming more and more common now that and I know a lot of people say it and it's a bit of a cliche but all of those harbingers looked amazing in the pictures but I've seen all of them now apart from the um, ordinator general And their models are so much nicer in person than they were in um, the pictures. That War Queen has got a real forward dynamic. She looks like she's
0: leaping straight at your face. It's fantastic. She looks wonderful. I'd really like to paint that model. And when I was in Games Workshop picking up Warhammer Fest tickets, um, they had it on the shelf. And even just the packaging, I think, looks really ace
1: Yes, yeah, I think the whole malign portions pa- well we're getting off topic a little bit, but I think the whole
0: malign portions packaging does look ace apart from the dice box mm, so you did you mentioned something about terrain you looking at doing some terrain projects?
1: Yes, yes, so um, you know what I said i'm going to turn around away from the mic just quickly. you know what I said the whole thing reminded me of um a storm, storm of chaos of chaos yeah. Yeah, so I was flicking through the Storm of Chaos book a, a few days ago, and I came across a fantastic article on making effigies of Gork. Oh yes, I remember. Um, and I was like, oh, I need to do this. I need to make an effigy of Gork. Um, it's wicked, dude. It's the one they've got. It's got like fires and um, like little kind of campfires as eyes. <laughs> um, it's so good. And then I was like, like, think having a good old think about it, and. Um, I was looking at the Warhammer Age of Sigmar. We, did we speak about this in the last podcast? But I find that Warhammer Age of Sigmar encourages you to think more than just your army and start thinking about scenery. Um, scenery that can go with your army because the scenery table with its six different kinds of scenery. And if, if you're 40k players, you might not know about this, but there's six different sort of special kinds of t- scenery. Damned arcane, inspiring deadly mystical and sinister and um they have impacts on the on the game and um you can choose to use them or not um, and i quite i i was thinking about deadly as it happened i was sitting there thinking about deadly and i had this idea of having um a cork bark round you know you can get the rounds where it's like the whole the whole tree yeah effectively um and have that set into one of the forest bases uh, an angle um and then get a um uh lord of the Rings spider and stick it in there and then have like fake cobwebs all over it so that would be my deadly terrain for for my orc army did,
0: okay, i'm the, sure we did go- did we have we had this conversation i'm sure we've had this conversation we've spoken about having a spider in like a cork ground. i'm sure we have but was that on the podcast i didn't oh i didn't but i was looking at that
1: gork and walker idol for um Either mythical or inspiring. Um, I was gonna just, I was gonna try and make a piece of scenery for all of those things for my army to take around with me. Oh, that's cool. So, any idea ideas? Because I've had a few. The spider's one. Um, the idol's another. Um,
0: so I reckon I'm looking at it. You've got me thinking now. So, for damned, I'd probably do a great big sort of pile of skulls with the 300 skulls. Is this for your army? And then for Arcane, I think I'd probably do a great big pile of skulls, actually, for the for the skulls. <laughs> and then, oh, inspiring, definitely um, a great big pile of skulls. And uh, Deadly, <laughs> probably, I think I'd go great big pile of skulls, actually. Uh, a Mystical, definitely piles of skulls, but these skulls would be like skull skulls. And um, Sinister yeah i'd go pile of skulls yeah yeah so there we go i agree excellent idea mr hill
1: so dan's going to do six piles of skulls
0: (laughs) no i think it's a great idea mate i really do
1: yeah i'm quite i'm quite excited about it because i think it gives me a way of um building some scenery that's that fits with the the realm i want my guys to be set Mm. in so i can theme a table almost just by turning up with my army um and I'm going to try and aim to get them all on like for the forest kind of size base so not too big so I should be able to fit them all in a in a
0: relatively sensibly sized um, really useful box oh yeah yeah no I think that's a great idea I love it so um bit of a shorter hobby desk than last time and hopefully we'll only record it the once as long as I press all the right buttons so guys thank you for joining us on the hobby desk we are going to go off now into the darkness that is The Galaxy of War. (laughs) That's the pod going into, like, the atmosphere of the planet, dude. Just like, throw that <laughs> out
1: there. <laughs> so we hammering okay, in really yeah.
0: hard. It's not yeah. me flushing a toilet or anything, I promise.
1: <laughs> well, we, we, we've been told not to call it the pee pod.
0: Uh, yeah, I did see that. I saw that comment. Nice to have some feedback. Um <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, we thunder through the Galaxy of War. Um Quite a lot of cool stuff going on in the Galaxy of War. Not as much cool stuff as the Mortal Realm. Sorry about that. But cool stuff nonetheless so space marine heroes ben you shared uh was it today or yesterday that it It was was today it was today yeah another round so the initial flurry of space marine heroes has done quite well over in japan it would seem um probably quite a few shipped back to the uk from watching facebook uh and people saying look what i've got look what i've got um so they're going to do some more and it starts out with a Space Marine Terminator looking at it. Yep.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I think it's worth us going over what the Space Marine Heroes actually are, um, before we move on. Mm-hmm. Um, so imagine like sticker packs for 40k models, um, in, uh, it, basically on only available in Japan. So you buy a box that just says Space Marine Hero on it. And when you open it, it's a potluck as to which one you get. Um, and there was, I think, 10 of them.
0: Yes. Yeah, They made Squads, a tactical
1: squad. Yeah, they made a tactical squad. I've got a feeling there might have been a captain mm-hmm. as well. But, um, anyway, uh, they were very, very nice sculpts. Um, very, very nice. Very, they're easy make ones. So two or three parts put together. Um, and they've, they've done very, very well in Japan. And frankly, they probably done very, really, very well over here. Um, because people are buying, <clears throat> whole rhino boxes, which is, um, how they're displayed in like a rhino with, I think, it's 20 boxes. It seems to be that if you get a rhino box, you will get all of them. That seems to be the yeah, thing.
0: Yeah, I, I think I read that actually as well.
1: Yeah. So I, I, I don't think I've seen anyone who has bought a rhino box and not got the whole squad. So I don't know how much a rhino box is. Um, I'm imagining not cheap. <laughs> but, uh, um, <laughs> no. But they've done incredibly well, Um and there's two really cool pieces of news. So the first piece of news is that they are doing a Wave 2, and the silhouetted sneak peek of that is a Terminator. Um And if they're anywhere near as good as the um Unipose plastic Terminators from uh, Space Hulk, mate, we're in for a treat.
0: Yeah. Did I read um, somewhere that it was Deathwing, or was that someone just hoping? I think that might be speculation, right, okay. to be honest, yeah. I think that might be
1: speculation. Deathwing seems very, um, narrow. Mm. And maybe, maybe they'll go for that. I don't know. It uh, wouldn't be outside of the realm of possibility. But I, I think they're probably more likely to go for a nice generic codexy looking unit for, uh, you can use for anything. But yeah, perhaps. But, um, the second piece of cool news is, uh, is that they're going to try and make them available outside of Japan. Um, I don't think they realise just how in-demand nice models would be when they're only available to one country. Um, that might be the least shocking piece of information <laughs> that's ever <laughs> been revealed to anybody, but, you know, uh, there we go. So, um, yeah, you only have to look at the toy market and see how much people will pay to get, like, Japanese-only toys imported um, or American-only toys imported, vice versa. So um, I'm really excited about those because if they release them over here, that would be really cool. Especially if they were available on the counters of of um, news agents across the country, that would be wicked. Yeah,
0: it'd be interesting to see how it would get on because they've obviously targeted that at specific demographic, and it'd be interesting to see how it would get on. What you know, what it would do for the hobby if it was over here on news agent counters yeah. and
1: stuff, wouldn't it? I'm not entirely sure that we're quite as keen on the on the whole kind of marketing concept as as other countries that whole you get a box and you open it and it's a random one of 10 um i mean you don't see people buying 40 kinder eggs to try and get the kinder egg range <laughs> so...
0: <laughs> but um yeah but if those kinder eggs had space marines in they might Although could yeah, they hold so. them? Oh, they'd be like little mini drop. Oh my goodness. They could do like a Kinder egg <laughs> and they could do the wrapping and make it print it like a drop pod and then have a tiny space marine inside. Maybe
1: that's their future plans for primaries. <laughs> oh, we
0: have to write that. We have to write that in as a suggestion. If anyone is listening that can make that happen, <laughs> I want Kinder eggs with wrapping that looks like a drop pod and a little tiny space marine inside. That would be amazing. amazing. And because they would smash you could throw them at the table. And, oh my goodness. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Why make them small? I'd go for a bigger size Kinder egg and have a full serving. Because size I moment. like to think of my figure. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> plus, plus, you'd want a squad, wouldn't you? So, you, you <laughs> what would, where would you put ten full-size Easter eggs? <laughs>
1: oh no, mate. You'd just have to, well, you'd have, have to at least buy fifty, wouldn't you, to have a chance of getting all ten?
0: <laughs> yeah, you would. You would. <laughs> <laughs> We're to something. Games Workshop yep. Confectionery. <laughs> Here we come. Oh so, the, as the Space Marine heroes who are not likely to be available inside miniature chocolate eggs, but might be available <laughs> in this country <laughs> <laughs> in their current form. So, uh, <laughs> other important coolness, I finished listening to Carrion Throne, which is another oh, yeah. uh, Emperor's Legion type book where it's got custodes in it and inquisitors and it's all set on terror. Um, it's quite interesting. Uh, is it, um, is it a 30k or 40k? 40k. Normal? 40k. Okay. Yeah. I didn't think it was as awesome as the other one I used to. Do, I think which was called Emperor's Legion. Um, mm-hmm. which yeah. was flipping incredible, but it was very good. And I like stuff with inquisitors. Um, but it provides like you, sometimes you forget just how absolutely rubbish it would be to live in the 41st millennium. In the forty K universe. I mean it is shocking. It is shocking.
1: Well I think I think there was a line in a book that that drove that home for me, really, was the um the the rise of the Primarch. Um, when he's coming back into terror and um, we're talking about the cues of people. Yes. That that really hit home to me just how pants it is. Um, I've gotta see if I can find it quickly. Um
0: Watchers of the Throne, the Emperor's Legion is the one that I think was amazing. Um And the Carrion Throne is the one I've obviously just read or listened to, I should say. But I know that um Ben Chambers has started listening to or reading, sorry, Watchers of the Throne, the Emperor's Legion, because he keeps messaging me in capitals with <gasps> moments because it is awesome. Yeah. yeah so, uh, And two great books if you're up for playing some of the new Custode stuff, which is just coming out. Really good. Are you still looking? Because I'm, like, I'm trying to work on my filler.
1: I know, I know, but it's <laughs> such a good line. <laughs>
0: but, um... <laughs> oh, here
1: we go. <clears throat> they passed through a cavernous space of gloomy administratum offices, where queues of petitioners stretched away into the hazy middle distance. Men and women, young and old, called out their devotion and wept for joy to see the primate pass. Yet even his presence could not draw them from their places in the queues. That their ancestors had first joined and that their progeny would one day aspire to reach the front of. <laughs> I mean, how miserable is that? And I've read that four times when I first read that. That someone's entire life was spent in a queue, hoping that their child
0: would reach the front of it. That is the ultimate expression of being English, isn't it? It's, yes. We love queuing.
1: <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm assuming they like tag out with other members of their family,
0: you know. Oh, I don't well, know. So they can go buy their Warhammer.
1: So they can go and eat and take a shit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> fair enough. <laughs>
1: and create their progeny.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, dear.
1: Just such a savage way. It's just appalling, isn't it? That that concept. Yes. Um, but yes, you're right. Yeah. Because I think one of the things that we, oh, we spoke about it a lot. One of the things that I really enjoy reading is what actual day-to-day life is like in these worlds. And you can get kind of caught up in the massive conflicts and how rubbish they are for the soldiers. But I think, for me, 40k becomes most incredible when you start to think about the Joe Blogs, you know, the average person, And, and what they sometimes achieve in the face of incredible odds. That gets spoke about sometimes, like colonies set up and surviving or... It's a bit like to go back to the iron snakes a little bit. It's a bit, one of the the bits that i is written about the iron snakes is how they will be sometimes quite cold, um, in order to achieve a, a greater goal. Mm. So, um, they use psychers as well to work out. They are uh, quite a lot of the successor chapters do. I think the iron skulls are big for doing it as well, where they use, uh, psychers to, to work out the best, best possible course of action for the best yes. possible outcome. Um, <clears throat> and, this this colony was being attacked um repeatedly by dark elder um, and they called for help and it just so happened the iron snake company was in the area um and it came in and it came in secretly like so sort of stealthed its way in assessed the situation and then watched the dark elder attack a few more times to lull them into a false sense of security and then i think on the third or fourth night then they sprung their attack but every single day, the, the colony were begging them to intervene because they were losing dozens and dozens of people. Um, just <laughs> I mean, imagine being those people, your saviours had arrived, and then they're like, well, hang on, you know, you're expendable. We need to eliminate this force completely so that they don't do this to anybody else. Brutal. Yeah. Absolutely brutal. <laughs> I um, think what,
0: what painting the picture of the normal stuff is, also helps to paint the picture of being... Of the like the Space Marines. So yeah. and how much above a normal man like Space Marine is in how epic he is. And how talking we've quite- of iron snakes as well, that book, Brothers of the Snake, has been reprinted for the uh, it,
1: it has because it won Library, a competition. Said, right? I think it yeah, won it the competition of favourite forty K book or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not surprised. It's a stunning book. If you haven't read it, Brothers of the Snake Go 24th away of
0: February, that. it's back on sale. If they do it in special edition, I'm all over that. <laughs> Seriously. So that's coming out on the 24th. And um, talking of Inquisitors, Eisenhorn himself has got a miniature. Oh, yes, finally. <laughs> Which is really nice to see, isn't it?
1: I think it's nice to see it because the Eisenhorn model has always been very different from the other Inquisitor models. Mm. So he's kind of... It's difficult to explain, but You get either inquisitors that are quite sort of, um, baroque and steampunky and with big wide brimmed hats like the Spanish Inquisition or, um, like grip shrouding cloaks and looking really sinister or, or ginormous great big suits of armor with more eagles on it than, you know, the golden throne. But he's kind of just like a guy in a coat. And I love that about him. (laughs) Yeah. If he walked into a room, he, you'd barely be able to tell that he was anything other than just a noble, or a, oh, I don't know, an Arbite commander or something. Really, really cool.
0: Yeah, and the second model to be made that looks that draws so much from its counterpart in the fifty-four mill Inquisitor, because the the Space Marine Artemis. Yes, they, he looks. He was a really. I have likeness, two of them, wasn't he? You have yeah, two of them. Excellent. I do.
1: The plus. <laughs> the, the twenty eight mil scale one though I did give him the helmet,
0: <clears throat> yeah
1: yeah, i did i I don't know why, but I think I just preferred him with the helmet, yeah, because it, it bugged me slightly that the guy in the in the inquisitor didn't wear his helmet, although inquisitor scale was so cool, I love the fact that a space marine could get shot in the head with a like a a handgun and it would bounce off of his skull. There was no way you could kill him with a handgun shot at his skull. <laughs> Because the skull was so tough, love that. So good. I mean, imagine a guy coming through the door, and you unloaded a nine millimeter clip in his head, and he just kept on walking towards you. You're like, "What is going on?" <laughs> yeah. So, like, yeah. Wolverine, eat your heart out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, absolutely. um, yeah. No, I love that. I love the Artemis model. I love. I wonder if they're building their way up to
0: a twenty-eight mil scale inquisitor oh anything can happen now can't it we got a flipping squat you know we do have a flipping squat oh dude the necromunda
1: releases oh my days the the crocodiles the oh, the cats
0: oh, all the, the little pi- creatures Yeah, the
1: goliath king the Escher that Queen. Goliath
0: crocker vicious beast thing yes excellent
1: actually talking of necromunda somebody did ask us to do a brief a brief history of necromunda didn't they so um, They did,
0: which th- I'm not really old enough to know much about, so you better talk about it.
1: Okay, so the, the very first iteration of it was um, a game called Confrontation, which was released somewhere in the early 90s, 1990 to 92 or something. And that was in a White Dwarf magazine. Um, and it was based a lot on uh, Laser Strike or whatever it was called. Oh, the set of rules that that 40k was actually based on originally. original oh, yeah laser strike or i think it's called laser strike um it was much more detailed than what would eventually become necromunda but it, it was set in necromunda um the gangs weren't outlined much at all but um there were gangers and there was the abductor zarbites and um it was set on necromunda um and then of course the game came out um not that long afterwards, actually. Um, and that introduced or do- ditched a lot of concepts from the last one or one or two concepts, but sort of firmed up the others. So it's sort of three or four years down the line in 95, really. Um, and in that you had eight houses. So Escher, Goliath, Delac, Vansar, it might have been six, sorry, Vansar. Oh, help me out. Cordor warlock there you go very good that's that's right isn't it six yeah um they were the original ones um and there wasn't actually a great deal of background about those um gangs so a lot of the background a lot of the feel of them came from the models to be honest um you know the themes they had like a little paragraph written about the nature of what they did like Delacar spies and Escher, like kicking ass in hand to hand combat. Um, Goliath had great big thugs, and that was about it. Um, then later on, you had something called uh, uh, Outlands. Oh, pulling books off my shelf. I think it's called Outlanders. And that introduced a few new concepts. Um, one of them was. The Scavies, which were in confrontation, so they were harked back right to the start. Um one of them was the Ratskins, which still remain, I think, one of the most popular model series that they ever did. Um The Redemptionists I which are pretty cool. Which are sort of crazy religious types.
0: And um the spires. So Oh they were cool. Was there something about their suits being made by the Tao?
1: Uh I don't know but they were they were the spires they were they were the rich upper class very well funded um teenagers without you know who were bored effectively <laughs> Yeah um but they all had, had
0: like cool little battle suit things didn't they They in did. Yep
1: yeah. um so they had ones with wings and they had like ones that looked quite a lot like iron man with like big punchy fist things with guns on top um and they came down, they were small, so you had maybe gangs of sort of three or four people at the most, really. Um, and then it kind of died off. Um, I think really that was f- a financial thing to do with production costs personally. I don't know what you think. But
0: there was uh, a little, there was a little resurgence. So when they had the specialist games team, um, for a little while, uh, they did redo the book the rule book i remember buying it oh and yes it they did And there was yep. two new gangs as well i think i not not brand new but like re-sculpted orlocks and re-sculpted goliaths yeah um they were but,
1: in metal though weren't they
0: yeah yeah they were in metal but that was it wasn't long after that that all the specialist stuff sort of wrapped up
1: i think that's because they wanted to focus on lord of the rings
0: well and the other t- and their core yeah core games so because at the time the design studio was much smaller and i remember being i remember they they did say at the time uh certainly they said to staff i can remember being told that that was the idea was to focus more on the on the two main systems yeah or oh, through sorry if you include lord of the rings um <laughs> yeah and but now obviously with the studio being bigger and you know economies of scale and such it's easier to yeah to do those yeah. things
1: and um, and now they're really blowing the lid off of it, so a lot of the things that are mentioned as one liners like the the crocodile thing for the um for the Goliaths, they're coming back with a model that's it's just wicked, yeah um, it's great l- a lot of the rules looking at them for me, hark, right the way back to confrontation um. So there's there's a there's a real kind of depth I think to the new system. They've really looked at everything they've ever produced and tried to come up with a more streamlined version of it that still has a lot of those other things in. Um, and they're talking about um, expanding it onto the surface, going to different hives, you, you know, having a kind of surface surface based one. Which I'm really hoping they're going to do a little bit like Gaslands or or uh, Gork and Walker with kind of vehicles. Oh, Mm -hmm. that would be, that would be so good. So, um, yeah, I think, I think that's a potted history of Necromunda. I hope we've covered it. We've kept it, I've kept it brief as I can. Um, but, um, it's a really interesting game because it was one of the first specialist games, I think, other than Blood Bowl, which is quite early. Um, and it, it really captured a different side of 40k that a lot of people loved. And I think you can see that in how passionate the community is about the new version, um, whether it's up to scratch or whether it's, it brings back all those memories and which part of that you want to embrace. I think they're doing a cracking job. I think the new the new models that they've just sort of previewed at um, the Open Day are so exciting. Um, I can't wait. I love the new Eshers. I love the new models. Every gang that they're bringing out, I just want to buy the whole damn lot.
0: <laughs> it all does look very good doesn't
1: it oh I've said it before you you could be into Games Workshop and just play the specialist games and you would never run out of things to paint nope absolutely at the moment so yeah there's a potted history of, um, of Necromunda and I know I'm still excited about where it's going to go I don't think it's going to slow down um, just like I don't think Blood Bowl's slowing, showing any chance of slowing down
0: either no no not at all yeah it's good i I. Keen to to do some stuff with Necromunda, um, just as soon as some gangs appear up here that people have painted, get some games going. Yeah, Good. well, yeah, it's I was going nice. to say that there's there's a Goliath gang that somebody's painted set up there. <laughs> yeah, I know, right, right behind the box <laughs> I'm recording into. <laughs> it looks ace.
1: Yeah, if you were looking for the copy of the White Dwarf with confrontation in, it has the excellent piece of artwork. With the Blood Angel standing on a kind of town centre thing. Um, it's Blood Angel. Certainly a space marine in red power armour. Um, with loads of um, what they were called scavies back then, which is just decrepit citizens gathered around him and he's firing into them, trying to keep them under control. Do you remember that piece of artwork? Very famous. Uh,
0: no, but you can you can remind it, us all by p- taking a picture of it and stick it on Facebook. I will. I will. Good. Right. I think I can sense the mortal realms and those snaky women beckoning.
1: (laughs) Excellent. Well we'll see you see you on the other side.
0: To the mortal realms.
1: Hi guys, welcome back to The Mortal Realms. Um, a dark and sinister mortal realms filled Ooh, with do, malign do, portents. Do, 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 do. <laughs> so, mate, um, we've been speculating about what the malign portents actually were since November? Yeah. Yeah? And I think it's fair to say I didn't have a damned clue... What they were until last week when I picked the book up, <laughs> but not a clue. I think everything that we thought about it um was was going was is actually wrong um so it it is in part um this global campaign, the name of which has escaped me momentarily um dread solstice dread solstice um but it's so much more than that, so well my importance is actually um a new way of playing in the in the realm of death, and a bolt-on for any game that you want to play um,
0: with a bit more of a sinister feeling to it. So it, it's kind of... Does it come with an atmospheric musical CD? Do you know, it doesn't, and that would have been so cool. That would have been immense, <laughs> would, wouldn't it? That would have been Look wicked. Look at that. Um, that is another idea to go alongside Kinder Egg Drop Pods. Do you know what it would it, in our letter?
1: Well, let's, let's just sort of leave it here and see if anyone's listening. And then, when a CD gets put in a book, we'll be able to say, <laughs> 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 yeah. was, "Heard it first with us." So, um, <clears throat> the the first part of the book, or brief part of the book, is sort of rehashing the story of the um, of the mortal realms, essentially. So it's kind of reintroduction to them. So there's a couple of pages on that you know, chaos ascendant. The Revenge of Hyasu. And then it, it took, it sort of goes on to talk about, um, what the sort of age of the Mortal Realms age was and what the Mortal Realms, um, um, sorry, what the Malign Portents were. So effectively, um,
0: you, cause you want to hear this, don't you? Yeah. Cause I, so I haven't got the book. No. So you want to find out all about so it. I so I just want to hear an overview. An overview. Oh, it's so hard to explain.
1: So, um, one of the coolest things I think about this is it really talks about what the realm of Shaish is and, and how it actually is or was and has changed over time. So, um, every culture that has an afterlife concept that they believe in fully enough creates that afterlife in the realm of Shaiish. Mm-hmm.
0: Has that ever been spoken about before? No, I, I think no. you've told me a little bit about it, but I, I've not.
1: So I don't know what's, I don't know what's in other books, but this was all really cool and exciting for me. So what the, the realm of death actually is, is kind of a collection of these afterlives. And there's, there's literally as many as there are cultures. Um, and there's obviously hell kind of afterlives. Um, and there's blissful kind of heavenly afterlives. Um, and if you were a, a wandering ghost or, uh, you know, dead person, you could, you could, you could literally move between the afterlives by crossing some, what does it say? Uh, something like a, you know, the seas. If you crossed a giant, almost great big sea or climbed like this massive cliff, you might get to the other side and find a different, you know, afterlife. Yeah. Um, or underworld. Mm-hmm. And if you were a weak minded soul, that would be enough to, you know, that revelation would, could be enough to destroy you permanently. Oh which is quite scary. Mm-hmm. Um but in time um mortals started to um settle in the realm of death and live alongside these spirits in the different you know underworlds. Oh right. And if if you can imagine it like a big disc um essentially um and round the edges is where the magic of the a of kind of the the universe is. It seeps into the edges, that the magic of death. And um if you stray too close to the edges, it it can literally age, for example, this is an example they give, it can age a mortal living person a hundred years in a day. Oh I see. Um, so so they would populate the middle where the magic wasn't quite so profound. Yeah. And um what Nagash has done now you probably know about i forget the name of it but the um realmstone have you heard of realmstone no i don't think so so every every realm has a different sort of it has realmstone um and it takes a different form in uh every realm that you're in so um i think in um in uh sort of the realm of fire it's it's like black coal that's always burning oh right yeah for for example but in the uh, in the realm of death it's um it's sand so it's like sand like granules and it's change- it's all different colors of it um and those kind of granules represent sort of the, the the a person's fate in real life so all of the living people in all the other realms have a number of um of these grains of sand each
0: mm-hmm. yeah yeah <laughs> um it's quite complicated but um I just love the fact what, that you're telling me about about the mortal realms. That's just great. So, um <laughs> you what have Nagash been has done captured by the magic.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what Nagash has done is send out his skeletons to because most of these grains of of the of the realm, oh, realm stone, or whatever it's called, is at um, is at the edge of the realm. Yeah, and he's sent out his skeletons to go and pick them up and bring them back to the centre. Um, and that's been going on for decades, um, cause they're only carrying one at a time. But it, what's happening is if they, if they pick up a piece of somebody's realm stone sand and bring it back to the middle, um, then, uh, they're shortening the person's life it belongs to. So, um, and then what Nagash is doing is melting them down and forming them into blocks and building like a, a huge city in the middle, um, Including the upside down pyramid, the pyramid of Nagash, um, using this stone and, and, and in doing that, concentrating the magic in the center rather than around the edges. Um, and the process of doing that has created the malign portents and all the other realms. Oh, because the, the, the kind of the realm of death is in effect a sort of reflection of the afterlives and lives of all the, all, all the living people in those other realms. Yeah. Um, and that's what's creating the mala importance and all the others. So people weren't really sure what was going on, to be honest. Um, and even, um, Sigma was a little bit like, ah, you know, what shit happens all the time in the mortal realms. This, you know, this stuff isn't unusual. <laughs> um, and then, and then, uh, and then one of his uh, generals had like this massive premonition and, um, went to him and said, look, I think we need to take this a bit more seriously. And he listened to what this guy told him and realized that actually there was more to this. So he went up into the heavens and dragged down sort of these meteorites and threw them at the world. Um, and where they landed, that's where, um, that's where the Warscry citadels were built.
0: Ah, uh, what? In, in Shaish? Everywhere.
1: They threw them all over the place. Oh, right. So, okay, yeah. Um, so, I'm gonna, re- I can't remember every detail of it, and I really wish I could. So, um, legend has it, the that the process hurt him. Um, so, scooping them from the skies in one great motion, he held them with all his might across the cosmos, and hundreds of comets burning through the etheric void, flickering with azure flames as Sigmar's will, in every realm saved Azir herself, those looked up to the firmament to witness a meteor shower like no other. The God Kings undertaken was more than a mere spectacle, however. Um, uh, the meteors plunged through the crowd and fog thickened mi- miasmas to strike home with earth shattering force and embedded in each one, um, into the land freed from the yoke of chaos. Only then did Sigma reveal his trusted warriors what was intended. Um, so essentially inside each one of them, um, was Realmstone. and,
0: uh. What Realmstone from Azir?
1: No, from, from the heavens. Yeah. So, and, and as, as they passed into the realms, they, they kind of created, they, they became the realm stone of those realms. Oh, right. Okay. So this, and from these massive meteorites, different people have come to sort of find them and do something with them. But he sent down ordinators to every single one of them to try and, so they became kind of focuses of battles to try because where some of them had been sort of captured by. Chaos or random other things. Um, they would fight to get them back. Yeah. Because they were really important, powerful sort of sites to help him see into the future and use this, you know, the realm Stone to do other things. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, so the one that was released represents where a, a city of free peoples have sort of seen this thing land and gone and built one of those weird buildings on top.
0: Yeah.
1: Which I quite liked because when I saw that, I was like, well, the ordinator can't be a very good building because that is just. Rubbish. <laughs> so the, the the master builders are clearly not that great, but now I know that they were, they represent like where the free peoples have just sort of gone, Oh, look, and stuck a building. Built, in built a
0: random place.
1: Yeah. So how do the malign portents work in game? Well, um, essentially, they can, the more kind of sinister your army or sinister the cir- circumstances are in, um, the more prophecy points you generate. So you get a number if you're fighting in the realm of death, three. Um, you get another three if you've got one of the harbingers in your army. Um, you get another three because you generate them every turn. You get another three if one of your heroes is garrisoning a war squire citadel. Mm-hmm. And for every priest or wizard from your army that's on the battlefield, you get plus one. hmm Um, At the start of the game, you choose your malign portents, and there's six of them, and then you can spend those prophecy points every turn for what is essentially a little bit like um, a stratagem from 40k. Yep. Okay. So if you will humor me, I'm going to give an example. (laughs) So the writhing serpent is one of them, um, and for two prophecy points... um, you can spend all of your prophecy points. You can't spend them twice on the same card. Um, you can't spend them on the same cards. You can't have, say, this one, the black spot, twice. Um, but you can choose three or four if you can, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I understand. And a hero can interpret them, but you have to designate who, who it is that's interpreting them. Yeah. So the black spot, a particular foe, is marked for a violent death. The visionary finds their attacks guided by the serpent to better bring it about. Interpret this sign in any combat phase immediately after picking the interpreter to fight. Pick an enemy hero within one inch of that interpreter. In that phase, re-roll wounds of one for any attacks made by the interpreter that target the enemy hero. Oh, okay. So it's not...
0: They're not, like, ridiculous.
1: No, they're not ridiculous. Um, well, that's a that's a 2.1. If I can find a 5.1. Same, same malign portent, the writhing serpent. Dazzling insight, the hero has learned well of the serpent's wicked intent. He makes his insights known, better to help his allies avoid death. Interpret this sign in your hero phase, and for the rest of the turn, subtract one from hit rolls for any units while they are wholly within nine inches of the interpreter. That's five prophecy points. All right. Okay. And I don't think I've found one that's over five. No. So, equally as well, if you have a harbinger in your army, they can use their prophecy points to choose from their own sign as well as the malign importance for the army. So if you're Stink Mullet, you can choose from the signs of Gork and Walker. Oh right, I see. So they effectively get a second set to choose from that's specific to your army. And they're quite cool. So sign of Gork. The grin of Gork and Walker splits the sky, becoming the bellowing face of a brutal but cunning god that inspires greenskins to war. Interpret the sign at the start of your charge phase. Pick a friendly destruction unit wholly within 18 of the interpreter. In that phase, you can reroll charge rolls for that unit.
0: In addition, reroll hits of one for that unit in the following combat phase. That's four prophecy points. Yeah, so that's good. So, again, and we spoke about this last week, the use of the of wholly within,
1: I yes, think, is yeah.
0: really interesting because... Changes
1: the way to encourage your setup quite a lot, yeah, doesn't it? Yeah,
0: and, and if that is rolled out across... Existing rules. It will change army composition. Yes. And the way things are played quite a bit. Um, yeah. Okay. So it sounds pretty cool. And
1: uh, there's also rules for skirmish as well, oh, right. which I don't know enough about. I don't know enough about skirmish, but there is a whole set of rules for it. Oh, well, so, that's good as well, then. Oh, well, that's quite exciting. So it is essentially a bolt on, um, for, for the game to, you know, to sort of spice it up a bit. There's two pages of rules of how to play in Shaiish. Um, which is quite cool. So, the different realmscape features and the power of death, which is quite cool. Hmm. Which is an effect that happens every, every, you know, every turn, depending on how many units are slain. Yeah. You roll to a d6 and add the number of units slain, and then, and then it creates this, um, this effect that affects the battlefield for that turn. And they can be quite savage. So, if you score a two, every unit on the battlefield suffers a mortal wound.
0: What? <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good. Well, I've got um, I've got my first Dread Solstice game on the Wednesday. Cool. Yeah. Against Mister Wozley's Watchama Jigs. In store. No, no, we'll be playing at my house. Uh, how are you going to log it? Go to the shop.
1: Okay. Yeah. Okay.
0: Um, so that's something you can do, is it? Play the game at home and then both go in and declare it. I don't know. I th- I have assumed as such. He knows. He's read all the stuff on the on the <laughs> he's read about it yeah i'm i'm basically like some kind of vampire at the moment i'm just getting all my actual from the book knowledge from you and dan's reading the website and i just play the games yeah good well, times
1: so i'm i really liked i really thoroughly enjoyed reading that through and I'm, i've probably done a really bad job at getting across the background of it but um it, it's very cool um one of the things that it's sort of other reveal is there aren't just four harbingers, the named ones. So Stink Mullet, uh, Snazgar Stink Mullet is an example of a harbinger. Yeah. If that makes any sense. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It does. Um, so the dist- everyone's heading to Shai's to try and deal with this because one of the things the book goes into is how all of the other, other groups and alliances and, you know chaos gods how each of the chaos gods react to finding out the piece of information so slanesh is sat there like oh you know they're having a bit of a play thing and then and he then comes to the realization that if everyone's dead then the world is going to be very very boring um so he gets <laughs> um and nurgle's stirring his big pot and he's like oh it smells a bit funny it doesn't smell right and then uh he realizes there's something wrong with it. And then the snake that kind of binds the top and does, and it spills on the floor and he gets in a panic. Um, and then scoops it back in and puts it in and rejoins the snake. And he's like, Oh my God, what's going on? I need to do something about this. Um, corn <laughs> Corn crushes a skull, I think, and throws it at the mortal realms and all the particles lodge in the minds of his, um, followers, um, and give them visions of what he wants them to do, which is quite cool. Um, but all of the, it tells you how all of the different gods react, um, and it tells you how uh, you know the orcs react. The orcs, <laughs> orcs. So feel you do that know is... that,
0: like, I'm, I'm still like part way through a month where I'm not allowed to buy anything. <laughs> you get, it? you stop, stop talking because <laughs> this is too good now. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I want to read it now. Flipping heck! It is good. It is. good. Yeah, it sounds very good. Very good. Oh, that's I'm awesome. Pa-
1: I'm particularly taken with the realm of Shaish, how that was described. And I didn't do a very good job of it. I'm sorry. But those different interlocking underworlds, um, each, and the, the cool thing is a bit Terry Pratchett So if they well, believe. Well, it's
0: interesting because you've said, um, a couple of things. So one is about how the, the realm, the sort of afterlife comes into being based on if people believe in it enough. Yeah, is... And, how and their p- gods work. And you've mentioned that the sh- thing is disc shaped.
1: Yes. It, well, it roughly describes it as disc shaped.
0: Yeah. That's the impression
1: I got from reading
0: it. Absolutely. So yes, very Terry Patch but that's not yeah. a bad thing.
1: Well, no, it, one of the things that's also worth pointing out is that as along with an underworld, um, they create, they create deities. So there are kind of mini gods in charge of these underworlds. Um, which is really cool. Hmm. And one of the things that Nagash did is conquer a lot of these underworlds and kill the gods in them and take their power. Yeah. So to make himself even more powerful. Ooh. But I, I love the idea of the realm stone on different places. Um, and I love the fact that, that Shaiish, you know, in, a, in, a, in its original purest form before Nagash got his teeth into it, it was quite a cool place. Yeah. You know, it, it had its bad places where the people's hells, but, um, it also had places of absolute beauty um and there's a really good story i've got to tell you this story okay so there's an island in the realm of death and on it is um a place there's two there's two cities so i think it's eastfold and westfold because they were really imaginative in naming it but the the westerners are um a kind of newly settled or relatively newly settled um azurites and the Easterners are people who have lived in the realm of death for some time, and they've kind of come from the outskirts and built a city there. And when the malign portents started happening, the Westerners were like, oh, you know, we must prepare ourselves. And they started to drill their armies even more and create more artillery. Um, but the people who had sort of lived in the realm of death for longer started to just adorn themselves with every kind of, um, charm that they could find. Like, so they were, Wearing sheaths of wheat and teeth necklaces and, you know, crow wings and just adorning themselves and all this random stuff. And the Westerners were like, what are they doing? What a bunch of hillbillies. Um, and, and then when the armies of death of Nagash came to take, take the realm, uh, take the island, um, it talks about how the different, both of the forces did really well, but in their own way. So the Westerners, were, like their artillery, was pounding them into dust, and their you know disciplined units were, you know, cutting through this, that, and the other. But eventually they got, they fell first. But as the Easterners were using all of their sort of talents that they picked up and superstition that they picked up from living there for so long, and all of these kind of trinkets were helping them fight the undead in their own kind of weird way. It's so good. It's so cool. And in that you had these two perfect kind of templates for an army from the realm of death. So you could have like an Eastfold army with guys with bat wings on them and stuff and (laughs) (laughs) random stuff hanging from them. And, um, or like a disciplined army of, you know, artillery and goodness knows what. So yeah, really
0: excited by it. Good. Good. Well, it sounds good and I'm glad you're excited about it. Especially yeah. soon as you're actually getting your oryx painted. Yes, I am. And um good.
1: Another piece of small excited news is jo has been eyeing up my um Silverneth.
0: Oh, brilliant. Well that's
1: cool. She's gonna she's thinking of starting
0: painting the dryads on Tuesday night with us, so Oh, that would be ace. Well, I love the Silvaneth range, so I'm glad yeah, to hear that. That's cool. I do. It's really nice.
1: So um yeah. My line portents.
0: Nothing much else happening, like along the lines of Marathi or anything, is there? No, and we can talk about that. We should talk about that. So, how how do we get across how excited we were, like, a couple of hours ago when we saw that model? Mate, well, I said I think it's one of the finest um examples of a plastic miniature I've ever seen. I just think it's absolutely incredible. Or a miniature full stop. It's so dynamic and oh just the curves that sounds awful doesn't it (laughs) (laughs) it's a snake we're not talking about a woman it's the curves it's a snake woman with great curves i'm quite interested
1: to know whether they spent some time working out where the point of balance is on it because it's it's off to one side and the wings are spread so
0: well they must have done otherwise it would be a picture of it falling over wouldn't it
1: but it's so clever
0: I know, it's so, and it's, but it's amazing, dude. The wings. Oh, my goodness. And the pillar. And oh, my ge- goodness. It's just, just amazing. Love it. It is. Really and... nice centerpiece. And such a, oh, it's just, I know we spoke about this anyway because we saw the video of all the range, but it's just such a nice enlarging of the range. Basic, starting with the witch elves and just, and just taking that concept and that look and injecting a bit of Age of Sigmarness into it, which is that kind of no-holds-barred madness.
1: What was the name of the Dark Elf thing? I didn't collect Dark Elves, I just killed them. Um, have I got the book? That was like that, the Snake Woman. The Medusa thing. Yeah, the Medusa. That's where they've got the concept from,
0: isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that thing. Up for, where, for the snake. Whatever that
1: thing is. I have got the old Dark Elf Codex. I'm currently looking at it and can't find it. Burning my fingers by touching Blood it. Blood Rack Bloodrak cool. Medusa. Bloodrak Medusa, that's it. How did you remember that?
0: Oh I don't know, but it was cool. So it was. I've yeah, got that one. She's awesome. And she's do you get two forms? She comes in two oh, forms.
1: That is such a cool concept, dude, to have two yeah. models.
0: Well what I really like though is how like you, you can basically choose to transform her because she's in one form, she's like magically awesome. And in the other form, she's like, I'm going to crush you all. Awesome. But if she gets wounded, she can lose control and become like really livid and turn into the more angry snake form. Yeah. When you don't want her to. Yeah. And what would be really interesting as well is presumably when she's in snake form, she's got the monster keyword. So. If you've got stuff which is good against the monster keyword, then you might you you might get times where you want to kind of force her to go monster and yes. then kick her in that face,
1: yeah, something like that, the auric brutes where they get moral um bonuses to hit if their wounds are higher. enough or
0: yeah, oh, yeah, I like that idea, I like that idea, so yes, morafi flipping flipping awesome looking um oh and i was somebody and a great new concept
1: the fact yeah. that there's the fact that there's two models in the same box
0: um i just said that's a great new concept yeah it's cool very cool and somebody was saying um on facebook when i posted the video about slanesh and yeah. it's this range is really making me think they could really do some awesome stuff with slanesh really yeah. awesome so, yeah, really, really cool. Um I needed to give a shout out to Mr. Peder Smith because he was on here chatting last week. And this week he has done what he is now termed the, the full Dan Jolly. He's even given it his hashtag <laughs> and went in to pick up some paint or something and has come out with an army of Stormcast and some Malign Portent stuff. So it's great to see tom getting on the stormcasty wagon because i've been hoping for that for some time so it's really cool um and lastly and by no means least you can now um buy some well you can't buy it yet but there has been some sneak peeks of aquarium furniture oh yes <laughs> it's so good <laughs> isn't it so good so i showed you that video just before we started recording and you just tears of laughter oh it's so funny it's
1: yeah. it's absolutely brilliant the way it starts all dramatic and deep and then pans out to an aquarium scene with cheesy lift music i think it's so good
0: it's great now
1: really looking forward to
0: that so yeah really exciting much like last year really kicking off the year with some really exciting age of sigma stuff um not to me- oh, obviously we had the custodes as well so
1: yeah i think um do you think that, cause they talk about the ship as one of the, one of the malign, although it's not one of the malign portents in the book, but it's, it's obviously an omen that turned up. Cause they talk about the, the empty ship and they talk about the village in the malign portents book, but not as, um, not as malign important if that makes any sense at all. But I wonder if they're going to do things for each of those things that they were sort of sneak peeking beforehand. Remember there's the ship, the village, the statue.
0: Yeah,
1: what was the other ones? You know what I mean.
0: I do know what you mean.
1: If you don't, if if people listening don't, then go on the Malign Portents website. The, the mini tower. videos. There was
0: one. Was there a Watchtower one?
1: Yes, that's it. Watchtower. Well, that could be the Warcryer citadels, but War, yeah. War, War War Scryer Citadels, Oh, whatever. <laughs> that that them them things in the big ass box. <laughs> 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 Talking of big ass boxes. Uh, we should move on to the um into the community so I can have a rant about the size of the box I had <laughs> delivered to-
0: <laughs> Okay, well, in that case let's leave the quite detailed, exciting sometimes head scratching, mortal realms <laughs> from today and go and hail to the community. But don't you think it's
1: exciting that it is a little bit confusing? Dude. Not in a not not in a rule sense.
0: I've done the sign-off. The listeners want to move on because I just feel like it I want to know more. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Bye. Bye. <laughs> the drop pod arrives in the community. Hello. <laughs> Sorry, I just had this vision of it just turning up, popping through a door. Anyway, enough of that silliness. We shall be talking today about Warhammer Fest. So you got your ticket in a box of epic proportions. Yeah, seriously, like it's a good foot
1: wide, half a foot deep, and six inches six inches deep and half a foot wide. Oh, it's okay. big. <laughs>
0: Do you know how mine arrived? In an envelope? No, it was b- being borne aloft by a small sort of flock of servitor cherubim creatures that sort of floated it down in epicness to my door and then posted it. Right. In a massive box? No, that was in my head. Okay. No, it didn't come in a massive box, but it came in a cool sort of cardboard envelope. <laughs> I'm getting excited about cardboard envelope. So you had a cardboard envelope
1: and I had a stupid box.
0: You had a box, yeah, but it's gotta get through Cornwall, hasn't it?
1: <laughs> I got a message from Joe going, what have you bought? <laughs> it's like
0: I don't know. I <laughs> genuinely it don't know. Set up. I bet that was somebody up there in the like packing department. Was like, oh, we'll get this guy in trouble with his misses. Oh, oh put the big. Box. It's
1: like it's like Amazon, isn't it? When you order like a toothbrush and get it in a box the size of a laptop, or something, <laughs>
0: <laughs> or, or even bigger. You know, oh it's crazy. It's funny, but crazy. Yes. So, aside from the packaging choices, tickets have come. Excitement is had. Hotel is booked. Hotel is booked. There's Do you know what the packaging a crowd reminds of? Me? Us.
1: It reminds me of the old trolls.
0: Have we gone back now? we
1: have gone back. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. The trolls. When when mail order used to be staffed by trolls. Oh yes. It would make it much more more sense in my head if I just imagined this troll shoving it in whatever box he had to hand and throwing it out the door, <laughs> like lobbing it at the head of the postman as he ran past. Now <laughs> oh, this one. Don't <laughs> <laughs> take out. Don't <the> call. <laughs>
0: Nice. (laughs) So yeah, hotel. (laughs) Oh dear. So hotel is booked. Yep. Yep. So what do we know about what? What are we doing at Warhammer Fest? We're going. We're gonna take. Are we taking Blood Bowl and Shadespire? I think so. Uh,
1: Yeah. I mean, kudos to anyone who wants to go to Warhammer Fest and play in the tournament and have the big games on the tables, but I've thought about it long and hard, and frankly, I want to take something which is more robust, smaller, and will fit in my backpack, and I can do that. I can put a team, a Shadespire team, um, my deck, the boards, um, a PVC, blood bowl pitch, and, you know, all of the accoutrements for my goblin team in my rucksack, Um, and not have to cut around an army all day because I'm, I'm really hands on at Warhammer Fest. I like, I, I like to get and chat to all the people. And I like, if I can get involved in, uh, you know, my head stuck into one of the display tables, I'll do that. Um, I don't want to be rummaging or trying to scrummage to see the double golden demons with four carry cases. No, thanks. (laughs) No, partly because I'd be half tempted to slap people around the head with them.
0: Out yeah. of my oh, way, I would just... Des- no fighting. <laughs> no.
1: Um Yeah, I think I just want something compact that I can fit in a hard box and I can keep it safe for the weekend, so that's what I'm going to do. And I think Shade Spire and-, yeah. and Blood Bowl are perfect kind of... Mind you, I haven't said that, Blood Bowl's
0: games can last a while, so... Yeah, but then I suppose it depends, really, Um what... What's going on there? Well, la- and how much we get into everything. Last
1: year we got ridiculously excited and went around everything already quickly and then did it again.
0: And then spent the rest of the day shopping. well we're going for 2 days, aren't well, we? This year we're Last year for two we went days. for 2 days and we we the second day we went up to Warhammer World. We did. Yeah. And um, we missed the Dreadnought. <laughs> and we missed the Dreadnought. So we probably won't do that this time. <laughs> no. no. Um So, the first day, yeah, well, I want to go to some seminars, um, have a chat. I'd like to sort of gain loads of info out of the army painting team on how I can paint stuff so fast that I just come home and it's all done. Yeah, I could tell you the answer to that. You can't. I can. (laughs) Can Yeah, it's
1: called a painting studio. Just send them.
0: (laughs) That's how you go away and come back and they're done. Yeah. Um, that'd be good. But yeah, I do want to take something to play and I'd probably take some clippers and glue. Yeah, I think so. Because you get, you get sort of excited, you get this hobby buzz and then you want to do some hobby and you're like, oh damn it, all my hobbies at home. Yeah. (gasps) Oh, dude, we need to make a hobby bus. That's what we need to do. call it the pod. Yeah. (laughs) And paint it green. Um yeah i think that's a great idea if we won the lottery but before then yeah but imagine it dude we could do like make a double decker type hobby bus and then we could have like rooms in the back so we can go to sleep and then gaming tables and then a painting area oh it'd be brilliant Uh uh-huh yes well i'll put that in my book of things i want to do when i have a midlife crisis
1: things i want to do but will never happen well we'll see so, I think it we'll would be quite cool if anyone wants to, um, to play us at Shadespire or fancy whooping our ass at Blood Bowl, they could give us a shout out. We could oh, try yeah. and meet
0: up. Or we could, yeah. Or, um, I know you don't drink, but, uh, I do. So, if anyone wants to buy Ben or me a drink, then I'll drink them. That'd be <laughs> ace. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, um, we're staying up the road at the Premier Inn. Yes. So any yeah, if anybody is is going, it would be good to meet some people. I'm a place. I'm quite games. excited about what they're actually going to have there. Well, me too, because apparently they're going to do one of the proper studio previews this year, like they've done at um, the Las Vegas Open, where they actually were like, "Here's some new stuff that you've not seen." Well, also last year it was a it was a 48th edition
1: yes and that was a huge release and they have been very coy about what's coming out over the over that kind of period They've, at the moment i mean we were getting sneak peeks of malign portents for donkey's years but we haven't had anything past the dark elves yet or the the daughters of Cain. so i'm quite excited about what's coming up i think i've got a feeling it's going to be something big and then we're going to see a lot more of it at, Warhammer, World, at uh, Warhammer Fest. That's what I think. But but then I'm normally wrong about this stuff. I thought Malign Portance was going to be a new box set. So, you know, I, well, I wouldn't bother listening <laughs> to me at all.
0: Well, I hope, hopefully, someone will bother listening to you. Not, don't need to take on board what you say, but at least listen.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, we're going. There's six of us, I think, going at the moment. Yeah. Possibly more. She's good.
1: We, might need, we might need to hire a bus, the rate that groups increasing. Yeah. You can't. Or use the boot. <laughs> I was proven wrong when we went up to, um, oh. We did fit
0: all the stuff in. Yeah, we did. And I was completely convinced we wouldn't. But, um, yeah, I think we'll be taking more than one car. <laughs> Good. <laughs> this time. <laughs> right, dude. Warhammer Fest very exciting we're going to talk about it some more as it gets closer and we find out more about what's going on but for now it's time to go to the wizarding world of Harry Potter <laughs> <wyddogan mosquitoixes> <laughs> God!
1: would you would you like to do the intro then?
0: <laughs> me i am so excited so for those that haven't noticed with the subtle hints some might say malign portents throughout this episode <laughs> it's
1: definitely malign <laughs> yeah
0: so night models um have thrown up a whole raft of pictures of their new harry potter miniatures game so i love a bit of harry potter um, I can remember my mum buying me the first book because she thought I'd like it because it had a steam train on the front and I quite like steam train uh, and I read it and it was awesome and then I read the rest and they were awesome too I loved the world and, and the background and stuff so now there's going to be a miniatures game and initially I was like mm, but then I've seen the models and they're flipping amazing and then yeah. I saw the game box and it looks like it actually it reminds me a lot of Shade Spire. Yeah. And I can imagine it being that sort of thing where you've both got two like mini bands, I suppose, of wizards. Um But it goes on to Kickstarter on March the fourteenth, which is odd because it was announced initially as a miniatures game. I didn't know it was gonna be a Kickstarter. So whether they've got some big what? plans that they can't quite bring to fruition
1: I don't think so. I, th- I think listening to the word on the street, dude, um, it was going to be released as just a standard release, but they've decided to do it as a Kickstarter because that's where games like this are genu- generally released at the moment. Oh, okay. But it doesn't tick any boxes for the need for a Kickstarter. Hmm. So in that, they don't need the funding. They're not planning on an expansion, blah, 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 any, any of that. So... I think it's a bit of a shame to have that as a, as a negative, but people are not impressed with that. But, um, if you take that out of the picture, I, I'm fully with you on the models. They're um, incredible and they've captured the, the likenesses so well. And, and added a sense of, of, of movement. and yeah, yeah. And dynamism to what could really easily be just dull models. Um, they've really utilized the cloaks and the scarves to make to make that kind of movement within the model. I really like them. I think they're very, very good.
0: Yeah. Um And some of the terrain pieces as well. So they've got the door from the Chamber of Secrets in one of the pictures. Yes. And it looks yeah. excellent. Really, really good. Yeah. I actually wonder, and I'm really, really sorry if this does a massive disservice, but I imagine that digital sculpting has helped a lot in that replication.
1: Yes, uh well it could easily be done by hand as well if, if the sculpt is good enough mm. which i guess is what you what you're um
0: i don't want to do a disservice yes. if if it has been sculpted by hand but i just think they're just that's what you meant. So well. Yeah. i mean do you remember when the lord of the rings miniatures were done and yes. they had some good likenesses um particularly well, some of them Boromir. were superb and some of, yeah Boromir some of them was were very
1: good. good elrond was my absolute favorite and arwen they had the models it was, uh, Elrond was so close to the guy in the film. It
0: was incredible. But I, I do think these are, are just another level of.
1: Well, it helps okay. that they look like they're in 32mm. Yeah, yeah. I'm a really big fan of 32mm. Um, it's why I, it's why I think I like the Necromunda models more than, um, than their previous iterations because, because they're bigger. Um, because they're thirty two mil scale you get the slenderness of the escher much better yeah um and the it's one the one of the reasons why I got really cross about them changing the scale for um aliens versus predator because the thirty two mil marines were so good um so I'm glad to see that they're in thirty two mil and i think I think they look fantastic because of that they're they're actually thirty five
0: mil thirty five yeah according to the website. I didn't even realise that was a scale. <laughs> and the box set looks like it's going to be presented in a, like a metal tin. It looks like a biscuit tin. Excellent. Hopefully with some biscuits. This is another one of our great ideas. <laughs> yeah.
1: I think Four that's a brilliant idea.
0: Because
1: when you're doing an unboxing, you kind of want some nibbles. Yeah. So you could <laughs> stick, in <a> f- <laughs> stick in a bar
0: of chocolate. I tell you what, though. I wonder... How the wands will hold up. You're going to want to look after these miniatures, aren't you? Yeah. Be careful with the w- wands and stuff. They could um, they could do the um, jelly beans.
1: What? In the box. You know, the magical beans. Oh! My, my mum...
0: <laughs> like, what has this got?
1: Oh, my my mum bought me back a box from the Harry Potter world. Oh, yeah. And they, well, some of them genuinely taste like ass. They are just absolutely foul because um, they can have like bogey flavored and cabbage flavored. Oh God! So you're eating your way through this packet, thinking, "Oh, that's nice, toffee, apple, whatever," and then you
0: get like cabbage. horrible! As long as it's um, doesn't taste like mushrooms, <laughs> oh, <laughs> you don't flip out and burn something. Oh, don't.
1: Look, I'm having enough trouble with with skink mullet here. The bloody mushroom growing off his head.
0: <laughs> so despite all my excitement, I don't actually know that much about it. Um, but it looks really, really nice. And um, it's, yeah, genuine excitement for... Well, there's work. loads of these coming out now, isn't there? And they're, and they're really cool.
1: And they're, they're really wicked universes we've got fallout we've got harry potter we've got hellboy we've got them there's just so many mm. and i think they're really cool the fact that they're contained in a small board game really exciting i've been watching far too much star trek as well so the Medifia star trek range has
0: been calling to me <laughs> 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 yeah another thing where i had an awesome amount of excitement but nothing's ever really happened
1: oh, it's just time isn't it but yeah Talking about other ranges, we have to mention the ATST by, uh, for Star Wars Legions, don't we? Yeah, it's huge. Absolutely vast. So there's been a scale photo put up, um, which I will try and source to make sure it's on the, on the show notes. And I think it sits realistically about three inches taller than the knight, doesn't it?
0: Oh yeah, it's quite considerably taller.
1: Um, and that's the uh, that's the Imperial Knight, so the big kind of mini Titan. So it's it's a substantial model, and um, it's looking really really nice. Yes, yeah, does look good,
0: very good. Been cried out for for a long time, so I imagine it was well, very successful for them.
1: There is a, there is one for the um, the board gamey version.
0: Yes, that's smaller than that though.
1: Oh, it's much smaller. It's to fit on the board game, but um Oh, it's gonna be that game is has every possibility of stealing a lot of my time away.
0: (laughs) I love Star Wars, but I have the best science fiction war game ever created already. (laughs) So I don't need another one.
1: But you don't have a game about magic wizarding children.
0: (laughs) Exactly that.
1: So you need that, so I need that. <laughs> the model won't annoy me half as much as the uh, the films, hey? so <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: the films are works of genius <laughs> the <tumbleweed. laughs> they're all right. <clears throat> right well before we launch into yet another film review segment um maybe we should do that we should do film reviews oh Oh, talking about film reviews
1: what's the name of that um that oh that preview that was put out a couple of weeks ago for the horror heresy um Ultramarines versus world eaters and word bearers oh
0: what was that called I sh- I'm sure we spend a majority of the podcast going hmm what was that called?
1: <laughs> we should write more we should write better notes. Oh that was phenomenal. Oh god
0: damn it. Maybe this could be one of those find out more about it in the next episode just to draw people back.
1: <laughs> yeah, they'll find
0: out more about that in the next episode. <laughs> <laughs> but until then, you can find us <laughs> Facebook, Twitter YouTube now, in fact, you did some yep. wizardingness to get us onto YouTube, didn't you? Uh, um,
1: I did, yeah. Our website is temporarily down while we move, um, servers. Um, but that will be sorted out very shortly. Instagram. At the two-piece podcast. At
0: the two-piece podcast. Instagram. Or one word on all of those places. Yeah. Yeah. So listeners, thank you for joining us episode 18, the pod Pretty much touched down now, right next to a Costa Coffee. I hope.
1: Um, What we've we've gently, gracefully landed. Gracefully landed. The doors open like a flower, and out comes two peas and head straight into Costa Coffee. Yeah, dude, that's amazing storytelling.
0: It's it's epic, isn't it? Conjures just fantastic visions. Much better than calling it the Peapod, isn't it?
1: I still think the Peapod
0: is hilarious. Sorry. (laughs) Guys, thank you for joining us. <laughs> Have a great couple of weeks in the hobby, and we will catch you next time. <laughs> Bye.